Pokémon. Like you heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, we look behind you. Is there a bug on my There's wall? There's demons. <laughs> There's like a face. <laughs> yeah, right. I like kill myself. Straight, straight back on behind you on the wall. There's like a black mark. Oh no, it's just a little hole. Okay, making sure this wasn't one of those hell bugs. And I was like, are they at my house too? Uh. So as I repeat, the is it recording? The demon name. Yeah, I've been recording for a while. <laughs> oh, that's so fun! <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're gonna hear Smoke's meows. Smoke. I'll edit some of this out because it's a lot. So people don't have to be like, okay, just fucking get to the podcast. I hear me just drinking profusely. Yeah. The whole time you just hear... <laughs> Every time I talk, you hear this. Hi, welcome to Alcoholics Podcast. Welcome to Channels and Alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, 20 of me drinking? Oh yeah, I love this. I love champagne. I, like... I love champagne. <laughs> What's it's, funny is because this time last year like we both didn't like beer is like right up here and champagne slowly just almost passing it right now. Well, even like six months summer. ago, we didn't like champagne. True. Yeah. No. Yeah. We didn't. I would like barely have a mimosa, and I still thought it was gross. And then Jordan's like, "Let me show y'all the world of champagne." <clears throat> Here we are. Okay. So okay. we should get to our shit. Yes. We should get this going. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I guess. This is, yeah, we'll anyways, talk to people. how's your sex life? I'm Channa. I'm Corey. Uh, featuring. Well, that's weird. Let's do that again. I'm Channa. <laughs> I'm Corey. There is Simone and Toulouse, my two cats, walking around. You'll hear them Boos fucking shit up. Toulouse is per currently use. eating Simone's wet food and getting fatter by the second. Per uh, use, our yeah. podcast is also brought to you by... By Champagne, champagne. and Ice. Drink Cooks. we are not classy peoples. We get discounted magnum bottles of champagne and Cook put Champagne, ice in. sponsor us. For <clears throat> us and our 10 followers. So, or do you do, yeah, you do your spooky scoop first. Okay. Do your spooky scoop. So, my spooky scoop today is a little different from last time. It's just some stats that I got for you. Mm. Kidnapping stats. Ooh. Ooh. So, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I was absolutely terrified of being kidnapped, mainly because of Elizabeth Smart. Well, we talked then, about this. Well, yeah. and then your, um, I'm really... Your grocery store experience. Oh, yes. But we're going to... I'm going to save that, that experience. That took you like three years to tell me. And I had no... Like, I can't <laughs> believe... It, or four years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I almost got kidnapped once. And I only recently told Corey. Um, I'll explain that to our negative 10 followers uh, when we talk about Elizabeth Smart, who oh, I'm actually related yeah. to. Um, anyway, so my spooky scoop of the day is just a couple stats for you. Um, 99.8% of the children who go missing um, do come home. Because uh, usually Whoa. they just simply misunderstood directions or miscommunicated their plans or they're lost or they run away. Uh, so, so when they're reported. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just from the parents freaking out. I was That happened to me, actually, when I was really? little and I was nine. Um, there was a bayou that we used to play in because I'm from Houston. I had a good childhood, but I did play in a bayou until <laughs> 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 I, <was> <laughs> I was about 10. <laughs> I'm okay. Please don't report my parents. 
It was the 90s. That was, like, the last decade we could do shit like yeah, that. Yeah, that was the good old days. Yeah. We were able to, like, bike ride around neighborhoods and, like, go to malls. And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, things started going wrong. And everything died. Um, so, anyways, more stats for you. Uh, 9% of people or kids that are kidnapped are kidnapped by family members, usually in a, cust- in a uh, custody dispute. So, a lot of, you know, Amber Alerts, things like that, a lot of those are families because... Yeah. And they're like, oh, could be in the crazy grandma's car. She drives a yellow Chevy something. Um, then 3% are abducted by non-family members, usually during the commission of crimes, such as a robbery or sexually, sexual assault. The kidnapper is often someone the child knows. Um, and only about 100 children, and that's a fraction of 1%. La- yeah. Okay, so only about 100 children, which is a little bit less than 1%, are kidnapped each year in stereotypical stranger abductions you hear about in the news. And about... Half of these children actually come home. So when we were kids, we were like super fucking freaked out all the time that a stranger is going to kidnap us. That's so rare. <laughs> That's so rare yeah. that we were just had these irrational fears because less than 100 children actually get kidnapped by strangers. And half of those end Ooh. up coming home. So it's crazy. Oh, hi, Simone. Oh, hi, Simone. Simone. Okay, so that is my spooky scoop kidnap fact. Spooky scoop. Featuring Simone meowing. Oh, Simone. You can hear her purring if you listen. <laughs> the people are like listening in their cars. <laughs> They're like, fuck. I'm like, listen they to crash. my listen to my cat purr. <laughs> listen to my pussy purr. Um, so I have my what's it, queer quip. It is about the um Nazi pink triangle. Ooh. <gasps> um yeah, 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 yeah. So we I wanted to talk about this a little bit and I wanted to research it on my own because we're thinking about um our group of friends getting the triangle um as a tattoo fuck yes we were gonna get it in san diego oh yeah by the way we went to san diego this yes one. we did <laughs> um so we were thinking about getting that as a as a tattoo and so i just wanted to research it myself so this is really good that we're getting into it so just as the nazis uh forced jewish people to wear a yellow star david they also forced people that they labeled as gay to wear inverted pink triangles um, those uh, thus branded were treated as the lowest of the low in the camp hierarchy, um, wow. as like some scholars have put it before. Just a second. <clears throat> lower than gay? Lower than Jews? For that? Crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like to Hitler, gay people were worse than Jews. Um, I guess like at least some scholars have noted that in the camp hierarchy, like while they were there, people had the Star of David, but if you had a pink triangle, the inverted pink triangle. Interesting. Um, it it was you were considered lower on, I guess the social totem pole there wow i don't know exactly but that was just one quote that i saw so we'll get into some sad little sad details i'm already sad about that um between 1933 and 1945 an estimated 100,000 men were arrested for violating this law and about half of them went to prison Mm. it's thought that somewhere between 5,000 and 15,000 men were sent to concentration camps for reasons related to sexuality but exactly how many died um is isn't really known um, because of, there's like little documentation that survived. And then also people who wanted to keep quiet because this was still the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. They <laughs> kept quiet sad. because it's, you know, because they would say they would have to, you know, raise their hand and be like, hey, no, I was there and I had a pink triangle. And by the way, I'm a homosexual and it's 1960, you know. My question so, is, so with this, was it only gay men or were lesbians affected too? Or was yes. It just- so in, in the things that I was looking for is from my research, I didn't go dive deep into that but there is an inverted black uh black filled in triangle that they Mm. had for lesbians interesting but while doing this specific 
research. I didn't go. I don't go deep, guys. I didn't go crazy deep. <laughs> this is just a quick. Fact. We don't have time for this. Y'all. Our yeah. podcast is is about spooky yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, this is some facts. Um, um, so from the few uh, from the few survivors and prison guards who have shared stories, it's been learned that those sent to concentration camps were segregated for fear that their sexual preferences preferences were contagious. Many were castrated, and some were even used as guinea pigs in various medical experiments to find a cure for uh, typhus and also find a cure for homosexuality. They like the, the the SS would inject testosterone into them, so like do hormone experiments on them and wow. see if that would affect them. Yeah, we don't need to go into all of that negative stuff. We'll, it's all we'll fucked get to up. The, yeah, it's just ridiculously fucked up. And I would love to go like have the whole podcast about this. It's really interesting, but. We'll keep it to the, the spooky fun stuff. So the first reference to pink triangles, uh, there's a little like different uh, discrepancies um, on like the first time it appeared. But I did find that Time magazine in 1977 highlighted a story about gay rights activists in Miami who attached the symbol. So the uh, inverted pink triangle to their clothes as a show of solidarity while protesting a vote to repeal a law protecting <gasps> gay people from housing discriminations. Simone is currently attacking our, <gasps> our, our fort. <laughs> it's too cute. No! Um, ah! when, when the magazine noted that the symbol was reminiscent of Nazi era yellow, yellow stars, <gasps> a reader wrote into notes. She's, Sorry, guys. Cr- she's walking on our she's blanket fort. She's destroying it. <laughs> That's falling apart. So when the magazine noted the symbol was reminiscent of Nazi era yellow stars, a reader wrote in to note that they were in fact analogous and not just reminiscent as both the star and the triangle were real artifacts of that time. By the 1980s, the activists who formed the organization ACT UP to raise awareness about uh, about the AIDS crisis decided to use the pink triangle as a symbol of their campaign and alluded to its history when they declared in their manifestation that silence about the oppression and annihilation of gay people then and now must be broken as a matter of our survival. Act Up also quotes from the Encyclopedia of AIDS that the pink triangle was established as a pro-gay symbol by activists in the United States during the 1970s. The appropriation of the symbol of the pink triangle, usually turned upright rather than inverted, was a a conscious attempt to transform a symbol of humiliation into one of solidarity and resistance. By the outset of the AIDS epidemic, it was well entrenched as a symbol of gay pride and liberation and is actually used today. I was reading up, I don't need to go super into it, but in 2017 in some Russian city, I don't know, I'm sorry. <laughs> we just drank um, the vodka. We they were using it again and reappropriating again and putting it on their clothes to mm. show that they were not ashamed of being gay. So my, mine today is about Ouija boards and um, the possible existence of demon boards. Fuck. And then also a secret little sidebar that I'll reveal it later. I'm already <laughs> so fucking excited. So usually the board, um, to, in order to be a Ouija board, it has to have the alphabet, numbers 0 through 9, yes and no, and then I hope to God it has goodbye. If it doesn't, <laughs> run! If it doesn't have goodbye, just don't even buy that Ouija board. That's a trap. <laughs> yeah. Um, some Ouija boards will also have um, hello on them, and then other Ouija boards will have different, some little different things maybe that are going on. I don't mm. know. Um, Mine has like a sun and a moon and like a woman. Yeah. But are those used if you are communicating at all? No. Yeah. Well, sometimes they just reading up, they would say that sometimes they're different. Things. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Every experience with Ouija boards pretty different. But yeah, yeah. my biggest experiences, I don't remember them hovering over the sun and the moon. Well, the yes is near the sun and the no is near the moon or vice oh, okay. versa. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so also you'll have a planchette, which is a little piece of wood or whatever it's made out of. 
Um, it sort of looks like a Star Trek symbol. I always literally oh my think God, it that totally it looks does. like the Star Trek Enterprises, or I guess it's just Star Trek. It's so fucking dumb. Um, and so in the middle of it, there's usually at least an open circle or a glass there, so you can uh, see exactly what the ghost or spirit, air quotes, is focusing on. Um, so yeah, that's basically the description of a Ouija board. Um, what you do is you and your friends, ho- don't do it by yourself. Never. So you and your friends, no exceptions, <laughs> place your fingers on the planchette and you call upon demons. I mean, spirits, <laughs> <laughs> demons <laughs> from the beyond. And you basically ask them questions and the spirit or demon is supposed to move it around to where to answer questions. So they either go to letters or the numbers or yes or no, etc. You get the idea. Um, so Ouija boards have roots in spiritualism, um, which was big in English speaking co- English speaking countries as early as the 1840s, and remained a topic of interest until um, about the 1920s. So spiritualism, we sort of get the whole like Penny Dreadfuls going on, you mm. know that that um, series, and then also real life Penny Dreadfuls in the late 1800s in England. You have uh, just everyone interested in doing these seances together, um, going and actually using these Ouija boards. So Ouija board has its roots in spiritualism. Um, so spiritualism is considered a, re- a religion centered around three key beliefs. Um, well, the first one is that contact with spirits is possible and that spirits are more advanced than humans is the second one. And then that leads to the third belief that spirits are capable of providing useful knowledge about moral and ethical issues as well as about the nature of God. So mm. it actually like reading up on spiritualism, I thought it was more of a scientific movement. And I'm sure there, there there's definitely a scientific side to that. Um, where they actually believe there's a science to figure out how to contact the other side. Interesting. But at least looking, uh, researching about it, it spoke of it more as a religion than mm. anything. And I guess like at the same time, because at that time we thought it was a science and then it turns out to not be a science or people still claim that it is a science and that's totally fine or at least a pseudoscience. Um, it's talked about as a religion. Hmm. Um, so in order to do this, uh, in order to like try and contact these spirits, a medium, uh, there was a person called a medium uh, who had f- metaphysical talents or gifts that allowed them to commune with spirits. So uh, for decades, the mediums would just use rudimentary contraptions that was sort of like a rudimentary re- Ouija board on a mm. whole table that would like tilt oh, with on like wheels and stuff. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool seeing these uh, cool. uh, like the prototype, not the prototypes, but the the patents, like mm. the actual patent patent drawings of them and stuff. It was really cool. So for decades, they would use those contraptions. They'd do just uh, typical seances where they'd go into trances or they would tap and do like multiple taps for yes or no. Oh, I've done To that. communicate and do that. But then finally in, in 1890, they, it, it, here comes the Ouija board. But before we get to that, let's talk about some little thing called the ideomotor effect. Um, This is something that is termed as coined in 1852 by William uh, Carpenter. Um, So it's a scientific, he published this scientific paper that analyzed what's probably going on instead of actually, you know, spirits talking to people. Mm -hmm. And so it's a phenomenon um, that's described by him and it it analyzes how talking boards worked and that theorized that the muscular movement can be independent of can in, be independent or dependent on conscious desires so that mm. this effect is sort of saying hey there isn't a demon or a, sorry there isn't a spirit i always it's always a fucking demon to me sorry <laughs> it it's isn't not, a it's spirit it's not always a demon yeah, it's not your dead granny <laughs> it's uh, a demon it's not always a demon i talked to regular ghosts and I'm a demon <laughs> a demon's currently been haunting me for so, eight years so so yeah basically it, 
your desires can control what people are actually doing and you can legitimately think that you and your friends aren't moving it to a but you are when you really are but you legitimately do not cannot decipher the difference because you really want it to it's like when you say like will i get married yes or ouija board and like of course you want it to say yes yeah moves to yes you're like oh yes yeah and and you truly believe and you truly believe and i believe that you truly believe that you didn't move it that maybe you did yeah there's like a disconnect there interesting um In 1886, the New York Daily Tribune reported on a new talking board being used in Ohio. Hmm. They said it was about 18 by 20 inches and featured the alphabet numbers and the words yes or no and good evening and also good night. And by 1890, um, three men, Elijah Bond, Charles Kennard, and William uh, Malpin, sorry, had the idea to turn the board into a toy. So they, they tried to commercialize this. They filed the first patent for the game and they called it Ouija Board. The patent was granted in 1891. And the name, according to Charles Kennard, came from using the board, and it was an ancient that, and he said that it was an ancient Egyptian word meaning good luck. Okay, I was literally just about to ask, oh. where, how do they decide the name yeah. Ouija? So there's a there's a second one that I'll get to that people think is better as a better explanation of what it means because who knows? It means death and chaos. Um, so the so the Kennard Novelty Company manufactured the boards, and if y'all want to know, they retailed for one dollar and fifty cents. Wow. In 1891. I don't know if you can buy anything now for $1.50. Right? Maybe. Oh, uh, well, no, that, yeah. Dollar Tree. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What is that equivalent to now? What what year was this? 1890. I don't know. So, like, a lot. $20, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 15, mm-hmm. 10, yeah. Um, so, Kennard left the company, and the Kennard Novelty Company became the Ouija Novelty Company. Mm. Um, William, some guy named William, uh, an employee there, eventually took over production of the boards. And in 1901, he began making his own boards under the name Ouija, which he then said that it was a combination of French and German for the words yes. So, we and ya. Oh, okay. So, Ouija. That makes sense. Yeah. William would go on to design many different versions of the board, including the designs for modern uh, planchettes that we actually use today. Mm. Um, because of the board's huge success, a number of competitors tried um, to create their own Ouija-like devices, but uh, William sued them. And and he did it, like, really extensively up until his death in 1927. <laughs> wow. Okay, so, William. Um, in 1966, the uh, Williams estate, his, like, the Williams estate <laughs> from his family, sorry. His fam. Um, Stay lit, fam. Yeah, they were, uh, which included more than just Wheezy boards, they were sold to the Parker Brothers, which then in 1991 was sold to uh, Hasbro. Okay. And so now Hasbro owns those rights. So that's where we are currently today. And Hasbro makes, so they they make uh, Ouija boards? Yeah, so they're the owner of the patent of... Is Hasbro that things. one brand that makes uh, gummy bears? Hasbro no, bears? that's... that's uh, Harboro or Harboro, something like that. Harboro, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> but no, yeah, Hasbro, they just make all the games. So like Twister, whatever, probably okay, like all those. Okay, okay. Hey, Boos. I, I wonder, so I, when I first started using the Ouija board, you know, I wrote, I made my own, was the first one. Uh-huh. And the next one, I went to Toys R Us. I had my cool 17-year-old boyfriend driving me to Toys R Us, Ooh. and I bought one. I was probably Hasbro, but, um. Yeah, because they bought it in 1991. And I lolled, because I bought it from fucking Toys R Us. Yeah, it was Glow in the Dark. This is literally it, right here. Glows in the Dark, the Mysterious. Ooh, it glows in the dark? Yeah, my, my Toys what R Us the fuck? one. Oh, yeah, that Yeah, by cover? Hasbro Games. That's a Look fun cover. That was my very first Ouija board. I like the other cover, though, where it has, like, a skeleton, like, death. He's, like, close. He looks like a ring wraith. Like. <laughs> and he's, like, it's, like, the cover. It's really interesting. It's really cool. Um, Now that. I miss that Ouija board. Now, aside from this, there's a legend okay. about, other than Ouija boards, there's something called a demon board. 
Ooh. So this is something that I first heard that could exist on the Black Tapes podcast. It's a fictional docudrama podcast that follows um, this woman and she starts just investigating these paranormal investigators for a show. She's like, oh, I'm just doing this to see, to like investigate the people that do these weird side jobs. So anyways, she goes down this rabbit hole of paranormal investigation that eventually leads to demons and they talk about the existence of demon boards. Okay. So the legend claims that there are special kind of kinds of boards called demon boards made by Elijah Bond, who is one of those original three guys I was telling you about that started the pat that made the patent for Ouija. Do we know why he decided to make them? So yeah, so uh, it said that he didn't like how this way to communicate with spirits and communicate with the afterlife was turned into a com- was commercialized and turned into a parlor trick. And so he created it out of sort of spite or like a like a specific sinister intent to contact demons. Because he was like, this is a powerful thing. We're talking we're mm-hmm. talking with spirits from the beyond. He was really into spiritualism. So he's like, I'm gonna we're gonna create these specific boards aside from the Ouija boards to contact powerful beings from the beyond. Can I make a note really quick? Yeah, sure. I literally just Googled Elijah Bond demon board and on his tombstone yes he has a he yes has he a has a ouija board, ouija board on, on his tombstone yeah uh-huh. that's cool as fuck i want to mm-hmm. go there and oh this person's doing it he's currently like doing the ouija board that's oh he's using it he's, he's using it because it's oh, a usable fuck. board it technically is like that's i don't cool. see why it wouldn't be goals. that's cool goals goals have a ouija board on the back of your tombstone too bad which i, I don't be... think we can anymore because we can't you can't have tombstones well in some california states, you can't. yeah some states won't let it i want to become a tree when i die anyways. yeah let's be trees that's pretty yeah Anyway, sorry to interrupt. I just Googled <laughs> no, it and I was good. blown away yeah. that he has a fucking Ouija board on his tombstone. That's, yeah, no, yeah, I, I thank you. I, was about, I did research that and I was going to tell you, but I forgot. So, yeah, he created those demon boards sort of out of a specific sinister intent to contact demon boards. But I think that's just total legend because I was trying to research yeah. this and find it online and I couldn't really find much about it because when I would search Ouija Ouija, Ouija board versus demon board mm. Zozo would come up and that's what we're getting to next <laughs> so really like 90% of the time you're talking on a Ouija board I think it's a demon <laughs> I don't know I disagree I'm a, with that I'm lying but though. how could I possibly disagree with that when considering what's happening well, and you don't know that the whole thing is you don't know they don't could know. be totally lying and sometimes you figure out they're lying because demons are tricky that's what they do Zozo like, is the demon that whew. is the reason for all this lying and stuff going on every single time you say Zozo I have chills up my body yeah no I researched some more and I actually have some more info that might like strike I might notes with what happened to you. I might start crying. So, um, I'm gonna drink because I'm prepared to cry. Most of most of these occurrences, it is believed that when you contact um, a spirit through the boards, through mm-hmm. the Ouija boards, um, it is believed that most of the time, if it ends up being a negative experience, that it is Zozo. Oh my God. Um, it is this this demon. Let's go into some history about him. So. Um, his origins are a little cloudy as usual. Most of the time, origins Demons. of things, especially supernatural things, well, I'm really far far away from the mic, end up being like a little bit clouded. Um, so in the last published edition of, it's a French word. That's all we have to <laughs> Le say. Le dictionnaire. Okay. <laughs> Infernal. That's enough. <laughs> the author Colin de Plancy um, documented a case of demonic possession that took place in the village of uh, Telly in 1816. Um, these, this, uh, the case concerns a girl who claimed to be possessed by three demons. Uh, their names are Mimi. Or I'm not going to say these. Their names are, <laughs> shut the fuck up. 
fuck you, and Zozo. We'll just ah! stick to Zozo. I'm still scared. <laughs> fuck. Um, it is said that when Zozo left the girl's body, he shattered the stained glass window in the local church of the town. So I don't know if this happened in the church. I'm sure it did. But it makes it sound like she was exercised in her in her house and then when he left her body like the stained glass window in the center of town like shattered that's crazy yeah that's cool that's cool that's cool um they should incorporate that into movies any other mentions since the 1816s uh really didn't really like any mention of zozo since then hasn't really surfaced until about 2009 when this man named darren evans from oklahoma he posted on a paranormal website about um a demon named zozo that's been haunting him and even played a part in trying to kill his daughter um, so oh Darren makes a few claims besides the one that I mentioned about that, besides like the French girl, he makes some other claims about uh, Zozo popping up in other historical accounts that are actually like written accounts. And one of them he has is from a Catholic newsletter, um, sort of a newsletter of sorts that started in eight, uh, like in the mid 18th century or sorry, 19th century, the 1800s. Um, and it's a newsletter from 1867, uh, and it uh, specifically mentions a demon named Zozo. Holy fuck. So I don't know if these are fabricated or whatever. We, I'm not sure. I don't I don't really know. Um, it's all spooky. But it's, it's all spooky. I don't want to really dive deep into any of this. Um, so according to another theory, Zozo is possibly the Mesopotamian demon Pazuzu. Ooh. We all know <laughs> Pazuzu is the demon that uh, haunts Reagan from in the the exorcist so you know have you seen the Exorcist? yes okay so you know the beginning where the it's that like beautiful shot scene where you have the father and he's standing in like the iranian desert and then you have the statue of pazuzu that shows up and it's like eclipsed by the sun and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Uh, so beautiful so um people do believe that uh, zozo is actually pazuzu um i mean similar they all have z's yeah and so but if that is real that means that then this demon is has existed on earth or at least influenced earth for over 2,500 years. Holy shit. Which is really cool. Um, so I believe it. If, so here's how to know if uh, Zozo has caught the eye of your Ouija board or your Ouija session. I'll tell you. He caught my eye. Shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. Shit gets real. Shit gets Love Zozo. real. Even the fact saying Zozo in my house is pretty scary. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's fine. I'm not sorry. I am sorry, actually. Valak, 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 Valak. Shut up. <laughs> okay, so the planchette draws figure eights or Zs on the board or arches in a rainbow pattern. Um, the planchette repetitively spells out Z-O-Z-O-Z-O or Z-A-Z-A-Z-A or even M-A-M-A-M-A. Mama. Yeah. Ooh, Mama Zozo. It, it, it should do so in a rapid left to right or, or, or right to left fashion. Why was that written? I'm stupid. Sorry. Um, he also... Which, uh, this might be the one that makes you a little scared. I don't know. Because I forget what you said happened for your Ouija board experiences. So he even goes by Oz, O-Z, or Z-O, or Z-A, or Abacus. I don't know. I don't know. The demon stuff. I I I, couldn't tell if those were one of the things that happened to you. I don't want to go too much into depth because I'm going to talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that didn't necessarily happen. But I have a journal that has a lot of my Ouija board sessions written down. Mm-hmm. It's in back home in California yeah. at my friend's mom's house. She probably threw it out if she's smart. But, um, yeah, something I, – I, I remember I got, like, a bunch of uh, 
it felt like to me like gibberish, like a bunch of letters thrown together. And I kept on trying to like spell out or like figure out what the demon because I knew the demon's name was in those letters. Yeah. And Aziki was involved. I do know that. Okay. But um I don't Ooh, remember the rest of the fun. letters. It's like oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, fuck you, cunt. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> like, damn it. You're damn right. Damn it. <laughs> okay, so uh a big a big thing is uh how Zozo will interact with people is he'll um sort of be like a counterfeit version or impersonate one of your deceased people or impersonate a dead <laughs> child. Go figure. Ding ding. Go fucking figure. <laughs> wow, um, shocked. Wow. And so they'll they'll do that and it's very everything is very docile, very um just like straightforward. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden things just one time you start uh you know your next session or in the middle of a session things will get very aggressive and very specific and very um like in like like he's interrogating you. Oh my god. Um I got chills up my Yeah, like in the middle body. of your sessions. And then and so that's like another big calling card for him. Also, what happens is a big thing about this is is he'll ask you to give if you refuse to give further means of connecting or grounding him, then he gets like crazy fucking pissed. If he's like, you know, oh, just give me a piece of paper or just, you know, do this or that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He gets fucking pissed if you don't like it. Chloe, if you're listening to this, Ew, my high school best friend, up. I hate y'all. take note because holy fucking Y'all don't mess with Ouija boards. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's okay. I'm like f- punching my microphone practically because okay, I'm reacting so, so hard. So just for like PSA purposes, here's some tips that I found online t- for how to deal. And Chana can also put in her personal tips. Yes. Um, so big one is don't panic. The darker entities, especially these kinds of demons, feed off of your fear. Oh, so yeah. try and just calm down and focus on what you need to do next. And what you should do is close the session as soon as you possibly can. Move the, pl- the planchette over to goodbye and uh, close it however, whatever person told you how to ceremonially close it. Also, a good sa- a precaution is to set boundaries before starting any communications and to know that you are the one in control because you are the one that is communicating. You are in control of the planchette. You are in control of the Ouija board. And also, to if this ever happens, if you if you get in connection with any dark spirit, like fuck Zozo, if it's any dark <laughs> evil thing, um, fuck you sorry. Zozo, I mean, fuck right. you Zozo, Zozo's like um, fuck you Corey, not, yeah right. I just get sucked into the closet. Yeah, Corey's, <laughs> Corey's back is currently into Half my closet. Half my back is in a closet right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it says, do not use the same Ouija board again, but do not hmm. destroy that motherfucking thing. Keep <laughs> keep it bold and underline yeah, that. Everyone. Keep it. Do not destroy this board that keep that opens it and keeps that portal open yes. until i don't know fucking beyonce can deal with that herself um Queen. so instead what i personally suggest is to put them away and okay. then separate the planchette from the board so that nothing can fuck with that planchette by accident yeah, the planchette is what keeps the portals open and stuff yeah oh, i mean that okay. may not cool. be correct no i don't you would know based off of my personal experience because i feel like you can Google and every person will give you a different response or different answer about Ouija boards. But yeah. based off of my own personal experience of eight years of dealing with the Ouija board, when you leave the planchette on, that's asking for it's for the, the gate, in a sense, no. to be opened. Because no. in order, like, your hands do have to be on the planchette to start moving the Ouija board. But still, like, that's just one step closer to opening a portal, a gate for the ghost yeah, and like or spirit and or demon to talk somebody to you knocking something yeah, yeah so like why do one step closer and do one step back so just remove mm, it fuck that my personal tips um this is from like i said about eight years of experience my biggest tips for safety is really do your research because if you 
are with your friends and you don't know much about Ouija boards and you just dive in to do it, that's when you get in a lot of trouble. For example, when I was a junior in high school, I had a friend who she was like, oh, I on Halloween, I did the Ouija board with like two other people. And like now whenever I go anywhere, I could just feel someone watching me. And I like asked her and I was like, well, how did you open no. it? What did you ask? How did you close it? Things like that. She's and like, they closing? Did it. What? <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> oh like they did God. it no, so incorrectly that the ghost was uh, following her. It was around. Oh and God. like, I've always been really sensitive to spirits. And like, I could feel that something was very wrong with her and what yeah. was around her. So I had to help her go and close the board. So just really do your research because the Ouija board, if you're irresponsible with it, it could really dramatically affect your life it might not like Ugh. kill you like you see in the movies and stuff but it could still you know it, it's just inviting entities Negativity. into yeah. your home yeah. and whether that's good or bad it doesn't matter it's still inviting something do your <laughs> research be very careful who you do the ouija board with if you have a friend that's going through something really hard in their life or they're going through something very negative that will sp- it'll latch onto them exactly negative spirits latch onto fear into guilt sadness things like that mm. so when you are feeling very blue dark blue dark blue um (laughs) don't do the ouija board and there's other precautions you can take a salt circle lighting candles chants prayers things like that whatever will make you feel safer well if you are a christian you could pray to the archangel michael for example if you are other things you can research it and just do your research because you don't want to be irresponsible with this because this could dramatically affect your life yeah and it could affect your friends and it could affect your offspring it affect your cats your dogs you and like the more you believe it. in it like the more effect it can have it, on the you. more power it gets yeah. and like the biggest thing that like Corey mentioned earlier is with fear demons specifically feed off of fear so if you the more you give the demon the more power it has over you and the more um you realize its power and you give it that fear the bigger deal it becomes in your life um so let's get into let's get i'll, I'll give like two quick stories about stupid people who <laughs> use the ouija board he's like Chana so, one so. time <laughs> i'm like fuck <laughs> so here's a, here's one this with this girl um she had been using the ouija board with her friend one one um just like one saturday night just cash saturday um, goes right now oh yeah like us right now if we just like pulled it out whipped it out so she says that as she was doing it, her friend be- began to complain of like a terrible, terrible headache. Oh, and God. Uh, she she accounts that that night her friend slept walk into her sister's room and then looked at her sister's room and then started talking like, you know, different languages, g- gibberish and stuff like that. And then finally, when the sister was like, what, like, you know, like started to yell back at her, was like, stop, like, stop, get out of this room. The other, the possessed uh, friend was yelled the red, like the color red. So he had said red and then ran out of the room and ran back to where she was sleeping and immediately went back to bed. Um, and then they woke up and they were trying to search for her in like the morning, I guess. So nobody really knew what was going on. Um, I guess the sister went back to bed. Um, and they woke up in the morning and they're like, where is the friend? Like, where is she? Where is this girl? And they said they started looking around the house. And that's when the sister accounted what had happened the night before. And then finally, after 30 minutes of looking around the house, they go back into the room where the friend was asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just there. They woke up and she was definitely not in the room. And they went and looked around the house and they she... went back to the room. What the fuck? There. And then we have some really... I'll get into I'll, I'll I'll share a story about Darren. This is the man who posted uh about Zozo 
in 2009 on his website. He actually eventually made a website that really? was Paranormal Website. Wait, we'll post um, that on our Twitter. Yeah, we can post that. Yeah, it's a direct link to him, and he gives an extensive insight into everything that has happened to him and Zozo. I would love to read about it. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah. Um, So so this guy, Darren, he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, He's the one he posted on 2009 on a website called True Ghost Tales, and then he eventually has made his own website that we just said. He recalls one particular event where he entered his bathroom to find his one-year-old girl that had nearly been drowned. She'd been left alone briefly in the tub by by the mom. Um, Don't parent shame, everyone. Somehow, like, so she, she just, like, left her, her one-year-old girl in the bathtub. You know how you fill up the bathtub, mm-hmm. like, a few inches. So you just leave your baby. She said, the mother said she had left to go get something, and the father came in and saw that the water had turned on by itself. It, it was extremely hot. <gasps> and, sorry, that was Boos. <laughs> and <laughs> it was, like, drowning. It was basically, like you know, almost overflowing at the bathtub by that point oh in the like God. few, you know, almost a minute or so that she had been gone. She, the following day. That? Yeah. I heard that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Sh- oh, it's just upstairs. <laughs> it's upstairs. I'm so spooked when you're talking about. <laughs> so this is the following day. This girl was hospitalized for some weird internal infections and then was put into isolation. And they, and that, uh, Darren accounts that she almost died. When that happened, he he said that that's when he suspected that this was probably a demon because he had he has had an affinity for the occult for okay. his entire life and has used demon boards and stuff. Demon boards, Ouija boards. Or sorry, demon boards. Sorry, Ouija boards. Okay. Thank you. Same I was like, diff in my I was like, mind. He was same, asking for it. Look at him diff in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, that's sort of his little personal thing with Zozo. Wow. There are many accounts. If you literally just type in like Zozo Z O Z O experiences or like accounts you you can find dozens like Damn. scores of them there, there's plenty i want to look this up so i want to see how similar they are to mine to see if no yeah that'd be interesting. my demon is zozo <laughs> also a cool Spooky. little side uh like sidebar because we're nerds um yeah. final fantasy 6 there's Woo! actually a town called zozo <gasps> and if you go to another neighboring town one of the npcs the non-playable characters that you interact with um <laughs> npcs for those of y'all that you don't noobs. know noobs <laughs> okay. oh shut oh up okay <laughs> you need to explain now fuck you zozo you need to explain that that's a little creepy you need to explain okay uh oh. don't you don't have to go into the all the story I, but I'm, just explain. i'm not gonna go into the story yeah. but uh as what we have been referencing that's a lot a little creepy a part of this conversation i literally have chills my body the major like a lot of the conversation my commentary is about my ouija board experiences and um, the person who all these experiences are about first told me his name was Noob. Uh, N-O-O-B. I want to get out of the closet. Noob. <laughs> Corey, come out of the closet already, you fucking gay man. <laughs> oh, I can't say that word. Damn it. I know. I know. Okay. But uh, yeah, so everything, I, all my commentary has been about um, my Ouija board experiences, which first started with Noob. That's what he went by because he told me he was a new ghost. Um, I thought he was because I thought he was a person similar to my age, like a millennial of some sorts that would recognize what the term noob was. Yeah. Anyway, so that and we just naturally brought up the word noob. So I'm. Ooh, I didn't right even now. catch that until it came out. When it come, came out, I was like, <laughs> Ugh. "Oh God, fuck! I'm That's so scared." Yeah. Anyway, so let's get off my laptop. But uh. Whew. Okay, going yeah. back to you, Corey. Sorry. No, that that's that wraps it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess. Oh, I guess that town, um, the NPC, the neighboring town of the town called Zozo, will say, "Don't go to Zozo because everyone there's a liar," 
and then there's a there's <gasps> speci- there's a mount called Mount Zozo, and if you go on it, it's supposed to reveal that everyone there has been lying to you. And I don't I don't know the extent. I didn't really look at it because I never played Final Fantasy. Damn, but um, I haven't played. I think it was Fantasy a cool either. thing because they, they're like specifically. That's crazy. You know, mentioning that, and that came out in what 1994. I wonder if that's just a weird coincidence or if that was written purposefully. I think that's purposefully. There's probably some, but at the same time, like Zozo, it's if you're want to be a skeptic, it's speculated that Zozo is more a modern day urban legend that has mm. was started by Darren on his website because he like posts all this stuff. Mm. He's all he admits that he's been into uh, paranormal things his entire life, mm. and so that that post was all a hoax just to start, you know, like Slenderman get... or stuff like that. Oh, ooh, which we'll get to later. Slenderman, that'll be a combined podcast, probably. Ooh, yeah, that'd be Slenderman. Especially the movie. Did you see the new trailer that came out? I think I have. Yeah, it, no, it literally came out. The trailer, the second trailer, came out like yesterday. Okay, then I have. It looks yet. good. I've seen the first. I I just wouldn't watch it. it. It's good. It'll get you excited. But when I watch, I hate watching horror movie trailers. Well, yeah, because it can give some bit, pretty big jump so scares much. away. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. I just wouldn't watch it. But I, I will go, not watch I'm it. It's coming it. out this it year. Comes and out in two weeks. <gasps> two weeks. Yeah, in two weeks. I'm Holy excited. fuck! <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. We're going. <laughs> We're like weirdly excited about this. I okay. There's this documentary. I think it was. It might have been HBO. Yeah, I think it's just called Slender Man. It's just called Slender Man about yeah. the girls that yeah, stabbed the stabbing their 2014. friend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been following that case since it first started because I yeah. love. Was it the beginning channel. of this year? They just actually. Oh, one of the girls was convicted. Totally, finally sentenced them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been watching that Slender Man case since it first started. So yeah. Like years ago, because I love ID Channel and stuff. So, anyways, if you if y'all like documentaries. Go watch the Slender. It'll be good because I can do the like folklore part, and then you can do the true crime part. Ooh, yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. We just figured out a podcast. Yeah, that'll be a future episode. <laughs> Stay tuned. Episode. Um. Wow. Okay. Uh. Fuck about demon boards, Ouija boards, Zozo, all that stuff. Yeah. I. That makes how me you very. Just tricked us into saying noob. Jesus Christ. That's very exciting. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. Makes me very excited to tell y'all my story, my campfire story about my eight-year experience. So, uh, oh, get that ass, booze. Get that the, ass. The first episode, our last week when we recorded, two weeks ago, I don't even know when we recorded so long ago. We, Corey and I have been doing a lot these past two weeks. Went to Hawaii. We went to San did Diego. Did we record before we went to San Diego? I think so. Yes, we did. Yeah. So, bef- between the first recording <clears throat> and this, we've been to San Diego. We've been very busy. Um, and now we're here. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, I talked about a serial killer at the first one. Um, today, I'm going to talk about a kidnapping. Because mm. I don't know about y'all. But um, kidnappings scare the fuck out of me. I'm so afraid of being kidnapped. I'm 23 years old and I'm still afraid of being kidnapped. That's valid. Yeah. So that and like especially as a woman and like I'm five two. Like I sleep with my lights on sometimes after horror movies and I'm 27. <laughs> so Corey and I are afraid of existing. We're children. <laughs> I'm sad and scared all the time. We're adult children. Why do y'all think I have two cats? Because I'm scared. So mine is about the kidnapping of Colleen Stan, also known as the girl in the box. What? Ooh. Wait, Colleen Stan? Um, Colleen Stan. I Colleen hope Stan. C O L L E N. Interesting. Okay. Colleen. Interesting. I feel yeah. like her name's Colleen. Okay, here we go. May nineteenth, nineteen seventy-seven. The seventies, the yes. prime time of serial killers, yes. kidnappers. Uh-huh. You name it, shit was going wild. So twenty, she was twenty years old. Colleen Stan. She was hitchhiking. First mistake, girl. Okay. Um, she was. How old she, is she again? Twenty. 
Okay. She's a nugget. She's pretty young. She's hitchhiking in the 70s at 20. Yeah. Doesn't she know like, like Ted Bunny's around? <laughs> 40 years retrospect. That's stupid. But back then. The 70s, people were doing whatever the fuck yeah, they wanted. Yeah, chill. So she was Not hitchhiking really from Eugene, Oregon. I actually have family in Eugene. Woo. Go Ye- oh, Eugene, Oregon. That's actually a super gay uh, uh, gay part of Oregon. Really? Yeah, that's like the gay capital of Oregon. Isn't that where? Yes. I think that's where University of Oregon is. I'm pretty Probably. sure. Yeah, but that is the gay capital of Oregon. Fuck. That's surprising that like... Some place like Portland isn't because Portland's yeah, right? more trendy. Yeah, right. No, yeah, but Eugene is very gay. Gay um, part. Anyways, back to kidnapping. Yeah, <laughs> um, so sh- she was from Eugene, Oregon, and she was traveling to Northern California for her friend's birthday. Happy birthday, girl! Um, your birthday causes girl getting fucked up. Damn. So uh, she, uh, Colleen, was currently in Red Bluff, California. She considered herself an expert hitchhiker. She turned down two rides because they seemed sketchy. Um, and then finally, the third no, ride. No, and then she up. chose the most <laughs> she chose sketchy one. Literally, the oh, worst no. one she, she could okay? choose. So no, she's <laughs> not okay. Let me her. just she's not okay let me just tell you that now. No, she's not okay. No. I mean, she is okay, but she's not okay. Oh, okay. So okay. she's alive. Oh, okay. I'll tell you that now. That's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Good okay. for her. Good for her. A lot of kidnappings. They're not. They don't live. Damn. A lot of kidnappings that get publicly, um, when they're really public on the media, most of the time there's not a happy ending. For her, there's yeah. a somewhat happy ending. Yeah. So go her. I'll just tell you that now. So you're not like thinking she's dead the whole time. So Colleen okay, Stan, currently living. Um, she, like I said, turned on two rides. She chose a third ride because of, sorry, that's Toulouse scratching stuff. I hear a random background uh, noise. A blue van rolled up with a husband. His name is Cameron Hooker and his Ooh. wife, Janice Hooker. Um, and there's a baby. So seemingly safe, you would assume. Yeah. I I agree with her. I would hitchhike. Yeah, with you a have family. a husband, wife, baby. No, totally, exactly. So she accepted because she deemed them safe. Obviously, uh, she was not safe. So um, they stopped at a gas station, and Colleen, in an interview, said there was a voice that told me to run and jump out the window and never look back. Like something was like screaming, "Get the fuck away from the these people!" Of God. And she, <laughs> it was the Holy Spirit. It's God. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but she ignored it because she said, it's just me being a little, like, insecure about, <laughs> sorry, Toulouse is, like, going to B- town. This is, like, pissed off that he does not have his own mic right now. <laughs> no, right? Oh, we should buy Toulouse a microphone. Hello, visitor, or, uh, <laughs> listeners, please donate us some money so we can buy Toulouse a microphone. <laughs> right? Um, his meows are very annoying, but also cute, we discovered earlier. So anyways, um, she heard that voice. It said a voice told me to run and jump out of the window and never look back. She obviously did not listen to it. She just said, you know, it's fine. I'm just getting nervous. And she went back into the van. They were driving for a while, and eventually they got to a pretty isolated area. And Cameron, the husband, the guy, he pulled over to the side of the road. He put a knife to her throat and then what forced the her into a head box. What? That weighed 20 pounds. I have a picture for you. I'll post on our Twitter. Um, the box, which only confined her head, was no. blocked out the sign, the sound and light around her and prevented the, f- the flow of fresh air. So I have a picture Why? to show you, Corey. Why? Hold on. Let me go down to it. Wait. So so wait. Maybe this page. Wait. So this married couple with a child picked up a girl, this girl, Colleen. Yes, Colleen. And forced her to put her head in a box. Yes. This is what the box huh. looked like. So this is where her head went. And a blocked out sound like Yo, it's like it's twenty duct pounds. taped together pieces of wood. It's freaky. So he it's like twenty. Yeah, it's big. It looks heavy. So it's twenty fucking pounds. It's twenty pounds on her on her like neck and her shoulders. And, and a, like the the girl with the baby, you're fine. 
Okay, so I'll yes, Janice is fine. I'll explain that in the next second. Well, actually, I'll explain it right now. So backstory, backstory of Cameron and Janice. So Cameron, he was born in. I love how like this the supernatural stuff's like scary, but you're like ooh, but then this is like what the fuck? No, this one's like <laughs> humans did this. This is like yeah. went through court. This really happened. Like this oh is my god, true. like y'all, I'm more scared of paranormal stuff, but I'm not correct. We should be more scared of this shit. Cause this shit, <laughs> and keep in mind, this she hitchhiked. These are strangers. Strangers are capable of doing this to someone. Okay, so backstory. So the backstory of Cameron and Janice. Um, Cameron was born in Alturas. Alturas? I don't know how to pronounce that. California? It's chill. We're Whatever. Good. Northern California, I assume. Yeah, California. Um, he was born no- November 5th, 1953. His family, um, they moved. Let me restart that. So his family moved often during his childhood, and they didn't settle in Red, in Red Bluff, California until 1969. A oh, when he was 16. 69. Um, in 1972, Cameron graduated from high school and began to work at a local lumber mill. Now, Janice, she was 15 when she met Cameron. She was from a incredibly abusive family. Like, Janice had a horrible, 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 horrible childhood. Yeah. Um, as a result, she was pretty submissive, and she offered no resistance when Cameron called her a whore, introduced her to BDSM, even after he almost drowned her during one of their sex sessions. So, um, also, she's never had an intimate relationship before Cameron. <laughs> Corey just whispered, hot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Corey, so, anyway, how's her sex life is literally because Corey and I are super freaky. <laughs> I currently have bed restraints on my bed. I, mean, I really don't want to be drowned, but, like, choking's but, like, great. I wouldn't, like, complain. <laughs> you um, can throw me against the wall and choke me. So, come on, Janice. <laughs> come on. Um, so, Janice, Cameron is her first intimate partner. He was crazy into bdsm she's like chill it's fine i was already abused my entire fucking life so this is cool but i mean if she's not into it um so cameron's favorite game was to hang janice by her wrists when she was completely nude and hit her several times the bullwhip so he's like and and like uh they both liked it or i guess that's debatable yeah um I mean, hot Cameron if they both it. liked it, but not cool if they didn't. If one of them didn't like Cameron it. Cameron definitely liked it, and I guess he must have thought <clears> Janice <throat> liked it because she, you know, keep in mind she's abused her whole life, and Cameron mm. was her first intimate relationship, so she didn't know sex. So this was like was almost different. just natural. To this her. was natural, like she she was used to getting whipped. Okay, well, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, the context could either be really sad or like, or maybe she was freaky yeah, too. But I guess I don't just know. since she was abused since she was little, it's probably yeah. not good. But it would be very interesting. To hear from Janice, to hear her yeah. sad story, but yeah. we're not popular enough to hear from Janice. True. True. But um, um, they were married on January 18th, 1975. So Cameron and Janice married okay. to, uh, yeah. And then Cameron had already informed Janice that he intended. Okay, so this is actually pretty crazy. Um, before we get into this, really quick side note for everybody that's into BDSM out there. We're not saying that BDSM is bad. We're just saying make sure there's we're consent. We're right there with y'all. From... <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that's consent for both partners, because I don't want anyone to listen to this and think we're, like, kink-shaming people or oh, something. No, God, but there's no. definitely a difference between BDSM and, like, torture. And forcing your partner to do things No, exactly. Want to. Yeah. And Janice didn't necessarily, at least as far as all my research went, I don't know if she oh, really So the tone seemed to be that was she happening. was not as into this, but because she was abused. She didn't know any better. Oh, well, then that's terrible. It's pretty, yeah. like, I don't know. But you that's know, not cool. It's just based off of my, re- my research, yeah. the five different articles I read. I don't know. It could be different. But um, anyways, they were married January 18th, 1975. 
Um, and when they were married, or during that time when they were about to get married, Cameron informed Janice that he wanted to abduct a stranger and force her in sexual slavery so he could have a three relationship. Okay, and I Janice... like a little bit of choking, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> if Jordan rolled up to me and he's like, yo, I want to like, my big fantasy is to abduct someone and like, and rape them Please i would call be me like and we will send him to jail <laughs> cory will i would call cory and we will fuck over jordan because that's <laughs> fucked up Christ. so janice said yes as long as two conditions were fulfilled one he would only whip the slave so he would no longer whip janice so she could have children oh man and uh because his whipping was so intense she couldn't have kids and two what? um he would only have penetrative sex with her and not the slave Got this it. later changed but uh, okay. for the time being, don't actually have vaginal intercourse with her yes. and only whip her, not me. And he was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. So yeah. um, well, so n- that's the backstory yeah, of Cameron well, and continue. Janice. Yeah, I'm not so going back up to Colleen Stan, she was abducted by them in the blue van. So y'all, this is the girl that's getting abducted who was the pro hitchhiker. Yes. The pro, never <laughs> self-proclaim yourself. Do not yourself. yourself hitchhiker. Because you're not. Uh, so the girl in the not. box. So this is what happened when she was kidnapped the very first night. So on the very first night, Colleen was strung up by her wrists and hands while Cameron attacked her. Now, by attacked, I don't just mean he punched her. He punched her. He electrocuted her. He whipped her and wait, he burned her. Wait, he shocked her because electrocution implies death. Okay, so he shocked her. So he was like, what on her? Like doing some little zzz, but probably more intense than that. Um, whipped and burned her. So this is like one fucking hell of a night for Cameron and one terrible night for Colleen. He was doing what all this. What the fuck? And then, that's not cool. And then BDSM, after this. That's not BDSM. That's just. Well, that's the whole thing. Abducting like that, and torturing Well, and like there's no for, consent. To get off. That there's no consent. He literally kidnapped someone to torture. Like this is no longer BDSM. This is Yeah, this torture. is torture. This is not BDSM. And then after he did that, he had sex with his wife under her hanging body. She was still alive. But she was hanging there. It's like Jesus Christ crucifixion style hanging the there. Um, okay, and then Colleen, she was kept in a coffin like wooden box under yeah, yeah, the is, hooker's bed. Sex is fun enough without all this. <laughs> so yeah, so under Colleen and Janice, oh, sorry, under um, Cameron and Janice's bed, um, Colleen was kept in a coffin like wooden box for twenty three hours out of the day. No. Um, that's why she is known as that's the girl like in the a box. Sex, that's like sex slave stuff, though. No, yeah, exactly. You put like him in a box, in a and box. it's like sensory deprivation. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and like, no. I, I don't have this, like, totally but written she, down. But she, like, she was just captured. She was captured. And out of my research, she would just eat scraps. They would, like, blow, like, the, um... <laughs> Well, they'll, like, the... uh, for, like, sex slave stuff, for, like, actual, like, consensual BSM stuff, like, yeah, you'll put them in a box and you'll, like, pee... And that'll be what they drink. And you'll slowly Jesus turn Christ. from what they drink from water to pee. That's like crazy. I'm sure that happened. Other level shit. But if you're into that, like. Go you. I guess. But like, just make sure there's consent. <laughs> but so, just consent. <laughs> just like for this whole a kidnap episode that I'm about to go through. BDSM is okay as long as there's consent. Yeah. Geez, and man. Corey and I are very sex positive people. We are. Because I think everyone you everyone has their kinks. And I think that's wonderful and that's beautiful great. in its own way. Just make sure there's consent. If you have to kidnap someone, that's not consent. Shove them in that's just what it is. Uh-uh. And so, Colleen, this entire, my segment is not, there's zero consent. I want to make sure that's clear. <clears throat> so, she was, uh, like I said, she was kept in a coffin 23 hours out of the day. Um, she would, her coffin was under their bed, under Cameron and Janice's oh bed. God. They would have, often have sex on the bed. 
Janice, because she stopped being whipped, she was able to have kids. She even gave birth above Colleen on the bed. So it's like, and it was how, a water bed. How, can I, I ask Just right side now note. how long she was kept in this state? Uh, she was. Or do you want to get to it? I will get to it. Okay, get to it. Um, okay. So after being held by the cap, after being held captive by the hookers for several months, she was forced to slide to sign a slave contract. I feel like you're lying, and this really didn't happen. No, this fucking happened. No, more than several months. I'm talking years. But um, after being held captive for a couple months, she was forced to sign a slave contract, effectively agreeing to give up her own free will. The agreement required Colleen to obey Cameron's every wish command and allow herself to be treated as the man's personal property. In addition to having her sign the slave contract, Cameron also told her that she was now known as Kay, not Colleen. And she was made to call him Master as an exercise that helped um, Cameron dehumanize his captive even further. So she, her name was not Kay, no longer Colleen. She called him Master. Now, Cameron reportedly... Um, I don't know how much of this is true, but like I found this in a couple articles. In um, Cameron wanted Colleen to be like the female character um, from the 1954 French erotic novel Story of O um, and soon started raping her, which consisted of oral rape. Now, I looked up the Story of O and pretty much the Story of O, it's a book, a French book from 1954. Um, it's a tale of female submission involving a beautiful pa- uh, Parisian fashion photographer named O, mm-hmm. who is taught to be constantly available for oral, vaginal, and anal, and anal intercourse, offering herself to any male who belongs to the same secret society as her lover. She is regularly stripped, blindfolded, chained, and whipped. Her anus is widened by increasingly larger plugs. What? Um, yeah. And her vagina is pierced, and her and her butt is branded. So the entire French novel is an erotic novel based off so of BDSM and torture. Yes. But uh, Cameron read this, wanted this to be true, kidnapped Colleen, and made Colleen O from the story of O. So Cameron's fucked up. Cameron is fucked Jesus. up. Um, okay. So Cameron initially did not have vaginal sex with her because that was his agreement with the wife that yes. I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, so instead, he raped her vaginally and anally with implements. Um, and he forced her to perform oral sex on his and, wife And as so well. the wife is fine with this. Yes. She's totally fine. She gets off to this. And he even has Colleen okay, give fuck, his, like, fuck, eat out his fuck wife. Fuck her. Too. Fuck Janice. <laughs> like, Janice, yeah, fuck Janice. Janice, fuck. I was on your side at the beginning because I didn't know what was going to happen. But yeah. I'm not on your side anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to take a big drink. <laughs> Pause for alcoholism. Pause for alcohol because <laughs> shit. Two shots of vodka um eventually slowly um colleen started getting more and more freedom privileges for example um she started babysitting cameron and janice's kids so colleen this is the girl that has been kidnapped yes colleen is the girl that got kidnapped she started babysitting cameron and janice's kids and the kids literally had no idea she was kidnapped what? Yes. They just thought that Colleen was there during the day and she went home at night. They had no fucking I... idea that Colleen was locked up in a coffin under their parents' bed every night. So, quick sidebar. Can okay. I do this? Okay, so back to uh, the girl that was kidnapped here. What's her name? Colleen. No, no, no. The girl that was kidnapped in Utah. Elizabeth Smart. Elizabeth Smart. How she... Semi-spoiler alert. She walks... What the fuck? What the fuck what was the that fuck? noise? Oh, my God. Okay, anyways. Um, how she, she like, walked around with the man who yes. kidnapped her for years. Yes, for she did. two or three years, something like that. Yes, she did. So, like, it is... What's that called? Stockholm? Stockholm Syndrome. Syndrome. 
I like would only want to study. I would only want to study psychology just to get some glimpse into how that works. Well, like, this case if is somebody huge. Somebody lets you like they leave your ha- the house and they let you look after the kids. Why would you not fucking run? No, I totally get that. I have no idea how that is, and I have no idea how that works. Well, that like, leads fuck. me perfectly to my next point. Okay, so, great. Yes, go. Um, here we go. Yeah. Buckle, buckle the fuck up. Because Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> I am sad. <laughs> Stockholm syndrome is is incredibly tragic, and what Cameron did to Colleen is very fucked up. So Cameron convinced Colleen that it would be pointless for her to escape because if she ever managed to break out of captivity, a secret organization called the no, Company no. would find her and kill her family. Now he convinced her that the company this entire time had her family bugged, so that's why they chose her. Cameron, y'all, was, y'all was, know this happened. This this is We're real not life. Just telling a story. This is currently, this is tried and true. Like this is real. This is one hundred percent real. Um, Cameron was able to convince Colleen that he was a member, a super high up member of the of the company, and the company was an international criminal organization that enslaved women like herself. And he convinced her to the point that government officials, police. You name it, like high, high, high up celebrities, they're involved with the government. He told oh her that pretty God. much everyone was involved with the company. And if she were to escape, she would get killed. And most importantly, if she were to escape, her family would get killed. And oh. Colleen, she started believing that her family would get killed if she escaped. Yeah. So because of that, um, so they can leave she her was, alone at the house with her kids, and she'll take care of. Her they could give leave. her a phone. Damn. They could take her. They could take her to the police station. She wouldn't say anything. In fact, she had access to phones. She had access to front to people. She had access. She walked. She, you know, she oh went God. for jogs. She was in the garden, and she never told anybody. She was so convinced. They brainwashed her so hard that she thought the company was real. Shit. And she thought, if I told someone this, my family will die. Yeah. So she was so fucking brainwashed. Like I said, she was getting a lot more freedom. Janice, the wife, would even take her to bars, where and then Janice would drink with her and vent to her about jealousy. Um, of, that she had of Cameron, she and she would pick up strangers and sleep with them. So she was like hanging out with the wife a bunch. Cameron even made Colleen stand for money and beg for money, and Reno like, and Red Bluff like and all a these different places. Vagrant or homeless on the like side a homeless of the person, yeah. Um, and then in the summer, um, okay, here we go. So in the summer, Colleen was allowed out of the box altogether. So they no longer trapped her in the box, and instead they chained her to a toilet. So they trained her in the toilet, like they're, I'm assuming their master bathroom, they just, they would just chain her in there instead of the coffin. So at least she's not in a box anymore. She could fucking Damn. see and hear, but she's still chained. And to her, like, she was so afraid of the company and Cameron, she just accepted. It was, she just Shit. had no choice. Um, so much so, she was even <laughs> I'm like, allowed. I'm like not enjoying this anymore at all. She, well, this is where, this is actually like. I read this and I had to like take a break because it like fucked me up so hard. Um, She was so brainwashed and she was so gone that she was even allowed to call her family. No. And she told her family that she was a nanny for a nice couple. And not only that. Wait, um, after how many months or years? um, So this is 1981 and she was kidnapped in 1977. So five years. So she's gone for four Four or five years, years? Four years. And like you know, this is the seventies, so things are were different back then that we don't. Yeah, really I guess understand. you're not in contact with everybody every day. We don't have an life. iPhone in our hand, yeah, so like, yeah. So they just assumed. I guess they thought she would disappear. Then she called them out of the blue and said, "Like, hey, I'm with the family." And they're like, "Cool, she's nannying." And then eventually, in March of 1981, 
um, Cameron drove Colleen to visit Colleen's grandma and parents. What the actual fuck? What? She saw them. She saw her parents. And she called Cameron Mike, which is interesting. So a uh, side note that I have right real quick is uh, Cameron told her that she he was known as like Michael the something. I don't remember what in the company. So she thought she called him by like Cameron or Mike. Yeah. Um, she told her family that Mike was her boyfriend. The family even took a picture of them together, which I have oh. right here for you. Let me get it really so quick. Cam- so Cameron took a picture of So Colleen. this is Colleen's family who took a picture. There's Cameron and there's Colleen of them when they visited her fucking family. They visited no. her family Y'all, y'all they, if the you would just see this picture without any context, you would be like, oh, that's either a brother or sister or that is a boyfriend and girlfriend yes. hugging each other. So they Like fucking... she looks perfectly fine. She looks perfectly No, happy. exactly. She's smiling. She's having fun. She told the family that Cameron was her boyfriend. No, no. Because she was so fucking brainwashed Fuck. and she was so afraid of her family getting killed by the company. She told them it was her boyfriend. How do you go one day hitchhiking? Oh, man. It all started from a hitchhike. Back to Stockholm. Like, I don't. That is why I will never hitchhike. We don't get it. It's just crazy. Her family, though, knew something was weird. They they thought she was in a cult of some sort. Oh, good. But they were so afraid because they had four years of zero communication with her. They're so afraid of her running away, never communicating again. communicating yeah. them again. They didn't say anything. They were anything. like, she seems happy. That's no, exactly. And, like, <laughs> from that, I took that as, like, you know, the family didn't take the four years disappearance as a big deal. She must have phrased it to them as like, I was done with you guys and I and I wanted to go like experience my life myself and this and that. So she must have really did some great explaining of why she didn't talk to them for four years to make them believe and afraid to ask her who the fuck this Cameron guy really was. So she didn't say anything. So they took the picture of her like I just showed you um, and he saw the family. They drove back to Cameron's house. Eventually, Cameron started becoming pretty afraid that he was giving her too much freedom. So he started tripping Shit. out a little bit. Like, what if I'm giving her too much? What if she's getting too woke? She realizes the company isn't real. What if she starts telling people? What if I get caught? So then he started locking her back up in the box again. No. For 23 hours a day. 23 for the next, hours a day? 23 hours a day for the next three fucking years. Three years of her life, 23 hours a day, she was locked in the box. Chained to the toilet privileges, Gone. Jogging, gone. Garden, gone. Seeing your parents, gone. I'm sorry I'm laughing, but I'm laughing because I can't believe that this has happened and we've never, like, all of us haven't heard about it. So in total, she was captive for about seven seven years, from 1977 to 1984. Now, in 1983, uh, Cameron was like, you know, maybe it's time I stop locking her in a fucking box and I start making her work. So he told her, hey, How you're... How the kids not even, like... I the, mean, I guess they're growing up. They're, like... But that's the crazy one part. One to ten. But yeah. still, like... I don't know. They're I one th- to ten. You don't know what's It'd going It'd be on. very yeah. interesting to read the kids' account of yeah. what happened and hear from them. I just couldn't find like, any research did, off of like, that. You're like, where did she go? Well, that's... Like, they just thought she went home. Yeah. But, like... And, well, I, I did read a few things where it's, like... What? They forced oh, her to sorry. be silent. Like, the hours that they had her out to do sex stuff with her or, like, yeah. you know, yeah. rape her and torture her and do all that... Like, she had to be silent. If she wasn't silent, she would be tortured even worse. What? Anyways, so finally, mm-hmm. 1983, a year before she finally was released or escaped, um, she was allowed to get a job as a maid at a motel. So I guess Cameron was feeling pretty guilty about, or he job. just, I, in my opinion, like, 
how he kept on going back and forth between limited amounts of freedom and trapping her. Yeah. It's because he's so dominant and he wanted to be in control of her. I feel like it kind of got him off thinking like, oh, she's waiting for me to give her some freedom oh, yeah, again. Or she's wa- or like, yeah. I'm locking her up because I'm in complete control of her yeah. life. So I think it, it plays more into what he was into. Anyway, so she got a, a job as a maid at a hotel. And then Cameron went ahead and told his wife, Janice, that he wanted to marry Colleen and make her a second wife. What? Yeah, because he was, like, so entranced by this whole situation. He wanted to make her a second wife. And then he went on to tell Janice, not only that, but I want more slaves. And I want to build How a pit. How is she into this? I w- okay, so that leads to my next part. Like, so he- we all get, fuck so he Cameron. Says, How the fuck is he doing this? Right? But, like, also... How are you passively into this? Okay. So he told Janice, I want to make Colleen my second wife, and I want to get more slaves. I want to kidnap more people, make them sign the, sa- make them sign the slave contract, Then he wanted to throw them in a pit. Like all Wait, the slaves. Wait, them as in? That, as in random people. He wanted to go pick up hitchhikers, go kidnap people from the mall. I didn't know what the fuck he wanted to do, but he wanted more. He wasn't satisfied. He wanted to make Colleen a second wife, so he please, Janice and Colleen please, and get Janice. slaves. So Janice suddenly was fucking no. pissed. Okay, thank God. So Janice was like, the actual fuck, Cameron? Jesus, like, are you, you kidding me? I mean, thank you in a sick way. So so Janice, like I said, was pissed. She went up to Colleen, and she was like, yo, Colleen, just let you fucking know, we've been lying to you. Cameron is not a member of the company. So Colleen's entire fucking brainwashing Stockholm Syndrome world just fucking shattered. And when Colleen realized that the members of the company wouldn't hunt her down and kill her parents as she the left, fuck out, girl. Um, the young woman escaped with Janice's help and encouragement. Thank the Lord. So in 1984, Janice dr- dr- drove Colleen to some random bus station, um, dropped Colleen off, and Colleen called Cameron from the bus station. And she was like, hey, Cameron, fuck you. I just escaped. Um, and he, I guess, started crying and, like, sobbing when Cameron. she told him that he was leaving. Yeah, Cameron, the kidnapper. Because he just realized he missed – he just lost his second wife because she realized everything that he's been telling her for the past seven well, fucking years Well, no, that's years so beautifully alive. poetic. He just, like, has this sick fucking, I don't know, thing going on. And somehow it's working. And then he can't handle it and he wants more. And then he gets screwed over by his, like – Unability to just have that even sick. Yeah, right. And he gets fucked on. over by the one person he trusted the most, his wife, Janice. Yeah. Yeah. And by her jealousy and rage, that's what costed Cameron his freedom in a yeah, sense. Yeah, what yeah. Costed and then Colleen. saved like the innocent woman. No, exactly. Like Janice kind of came to, to senses. Um, so Janice, when she dropped off Colleen, she kind of made Colleen promise to not tell the police. <laughs> <laughs> because I'd be Jan- like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Janice was like, then, like she's <laughs> glide backwards. Oh my god! You're like, okay, like, go, 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 you like moonwalk away, <laughs> awkwardly yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, Nick okay, and okay, New okay, Girl. Okay, okay. But uh, <laughs> so she made Janice promise not to tell the police, or sorry, Janice made Colleen, Colleen promise yeah. not to tell the police because she was <laughs> like, like, yeah, girl, <laughs> yeah, Corey and I are drunk. So Janice told Colleen, she's like, yo. don't go to the police because I know my husband can be saved. Let's go put him like rehab. Destroy something. Yeah. Because I think he can be saved. Um, so Janice eventually realized, hey, Cameron's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Um, now, side note really quick. I do want to make this note before I read the rest of this. Sorry. So Janice later re- reported that she was brainwashed from Cameron, hmm? saying like, oh, he manipulated me and took advantage of me. And that's why I said okay to all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. 
And so Cameron's saying, like, he wanted Colleen as a wife, wanted to get more slaves, this and that. It possibly made Janice woke at the situation, realizing yeah. what she has been doing. Or it's been interpreted by other people as she was lying just to protect herself. <clears throat> so, like, Janice, like, we don't really know. Maybe she was brainwashed. Maybe she wasn't. But either way, she came to terms with the fact that what she was doing was really fucked up. Whether it was she was brainwashed or wasn't. So she helped Colleen escape. Yeah. Okay, so Colleen called Cameron, like I said. Cameron cried like a little bitch. Um, <laughs> they promised not to, t- to tell Cameron. on Cameron because, like, okay. Fuck Cameron. Eventually, this is kind of funny. Janice realized that Cameron was not able to give up his sadistic and cruel ways. And he was fucking crazy. So she went to his her church pastor and she was like, Hey, pastor. They had, wait. <laughs> she, oh, she went to church every Sunday, Janice. No. Yes. Oh Get this. Colleen went to church with Janice as well throughout like the past seven fucking years. She went to church every Sunday. Um, Janice went to her pastor and she was like, hey, pastor daddy, uh, my husband kind of kidnapped and tortured no, and raped someone. for the past seven years <laughs> of our lives. seven years. So like, I just, what do you think I should do? And her pastor was like, Call the fucking police? Are you kidding me? You say as I down like a quarter of my no right. <laughs> my <It's> a... <laughs> as Corey says, as he chugs the rest of the bottle of cooked magnum bottle. Um, so Janice is like, "Oh, you're right. I should probably call the police." So she went ahead and she finally told the police. But um, charges were obviously pressed against him towards uh, Colleen. Because Colleen was like, yeah, he fucking did this to me. Obviously, I'm still alive. I can tell you what he did to me. And on November 18th, 1984, months after Colleen finally escaped from captivity, Cameron Hooker was arrested. So he's finally arrested. Um, so the yeah. trial. So Janice. <laughs> yeah. Thank and fucking God. And there was much God. rejoicing. Yay. Yeah. Angels were rejoicing. <laughs> angels we have heard of high. Da, 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 the, da, the Monty da, Python. Da. And there was much rejoicing. And there was much. Yay. And there was much rejoicing. That would be a good podcast name. Anyways. And um, there was much rejoicing. And so anyways, Janice was given full immunity if she testified. So they would say, yo, Janice. Even though you did all these fucked up things and you helped him kidnap people, you helped him rape people, you helped her sign a slave contract, you did all this terrible fucked up things the past seven years, you have full immunity if you testify. So she was like, <laughs> No, yeah, are you no. kidding? She me? got fucking full immunity. What the fuck? So she got full immunity. Janice is chilling. So she's like, No, are she's you like, kidding me? No, I'm not fucking kidding this you. This is a lie. I don't believe Janice. Don't believe this. I, no, don't she believe has this. currently today, <laughs> Janice is chilling. This is a lie. Janice is currently chilling. I don't so, believe this. So Janice said, uh, yes, I will give you my testimony for full immunity. Obviously, she's not a dumbass. So court happened. Trial happened. Um, Cameron Hooker was found guilty and given consecutive terms, totaling a 104-year sentence. Um, in 2015, he was denied parole, and it will be a minimum of 15 more years before he's eligible for parole again. So in about 2030, he will be eligible for parole again. So now the af- <laughs> so now the that aftermath makes no sense, but okay. from this kidnapping. So Colleen changed her name because obviously she didn't want oh. all of that negative fame so on her name. Recap: She's been in, she was in captivity for seven years. Yes. God. So okay, so let's recap all this. Let's do a quick recap. Yeah. Hitchhiked, picked up by the most sadistic horrible cruel motherfucker she could be picked up by she was kept in a box plus for, fucked up wife i want to say 75 percent of her time in captivity she was kept in a box for 23 plus hours Jesus every fucking Christ. day 
when she, she when she for wasn't like kept in a box for seven years she yeah. was so brainwashed that she thought what was happening was she okay. could have her own job she could have a, she could have a job, job talk to 50 20 Meet plus strangers family. every day <laughs> like i finished it is that okay Corey finished the cook's bottle it's fine okay. i'm I selfish a tiny bit. i'm a selfish drunk i have to drive in like an hour <laughs> she's five five i'm wait i'm five two <laughs> she's five two i'm six four i need more alcohol oh, <laughs> so recapping all this wait Colleen i'm six two i'm six four <laughs> <laughs> okay so recapping all this colleen was fucked for the past seven years damn oh Cameron, man is she okay is she alive so yeah she's she's alive she's kicking it to this day oh. so she changed her name because obviously she would because all that negative fame associated with her um she now suffers from chronic back pain from years stuck in the coffin she's in constant pain because of what happened she eventually went to school and got a degree in count in accounting. Go her. What she um was eventually er- mar- was able to get married, have a daughter. So she was able to fo- to oh, wow. move wow. on to her go life her. as much as she Fuck, possibly could. Yeah. She also got involved with an, organi- with an organization that helps abuse and kidnapped women. Like she's taking what happened to her and she's saying Colleen is her name. Colleen, yeah. Oh my God, Colleen. She's saying you won't ever hear this, but if you do, fuck. No, we right? Love you. Exactly. Go you. Like. We think our lives are hard. Our lives are not even hard. Janice also changed her name um, because, yeah, I wouldn't want to be known as Janice anymore. Um, So, yeah, so I put LOL duh next to that. (laughs) LOL, fuck that. (laughs) So the last thing I have to say is in regards to, sorry, in in regards to Colleen's kidnapping, Colleen said to someone, um, I learned I could go anywhere. This is actually really sad. So Colleen said, um, I learned I can go anywhere in my mind. Um, in similar vein to Janice's compartmentalism, like I said, how Janice said she was tortured and brainwashed, blah, blah, blah. So she carpet, she compartmentalized a lot of fucked up things in her life. Um, Colleen said, you just remove yourself from the real situation going on and you go somewhere else. What? It's really like, I actually like almost teared up when I read that because when she said, I learned I can go anywhere in my mind for like seven yeah. years when she was locked in the... In the locked in the co- in the fucking coffin under the waterbed, yeah. she just had to escape. So she just had to like close her eyes and like picture herself anywhere else, either with her family on a beach. I don't know what she did, but it's so like tragic Jeez. to me that like seven years out of this girl's entire life, this happened. Yeah, she was, ki- like she was kidnapped. She was locked in a box, a head box, a coffin box. She was raped. She was tortured. She was given freedom. That freedom was ripped away. And then finally she realized her entire reality that she built up in her mind was shattered by Janice's telling her, hey, the company's not real. Hey, like Cameron's actually fucked up. And this girl was able to come out of this and get a degree, get married. She was kidnapped. She was 20. So she's 27 when she got out. Yes. So she was. I mean, I mean, yeah, you can. She was your age when she got out. Thankfully, yeah, she she has time to make a life. She has time right? to make a life, but still, like, <sighs> the, Colleen, like such damn. a crucial part of her life was ripped away from her, yeah. from Cameron and Janice, and it's just so tragic. You're twenty. It'd be from when I you like just turned twenty three. Yes. Okay, so think of like I guess for especially for me being twenty seven, like think of like what I've done since I've gotten home from my mission since now. What no, if ex- that all was locked in a box and a sex slave? No, like literally. Like, shit. Like locked in a fucking My... box. Take out all of the obvious fuckery yeah. <laughs> of of everything that happened. Like just think of how much stunted I am of realizing what a real life experience is and relationships with people. 
That's so sad. No, it's like, yeah, no. <laughs> we are not experts, but we're just reminiscing. We're just sad. Like, we're just we're sad. Just sad. <laughs> we're just we're sad. sad and slightly drunk. Like, this story just made me sad. <laughs> sad. Because, like, Colleen, I love you. Oh, wait, let me just I'm show so you. I'm so glad you have fucking husband and daughter? Yeah, well, she has a kid. I don't know or, if it's a daughter. Or a child. That but, is amazing. You know, like. Go you. Let me show you a picture of Colleen really quick. So you can see her. So she's a little bit more human. When was this picture taken? In the 70s. Why? When she was. Oh, so when she about. was... Wait, before she was captured? When she or? was 20 about, as far as I know. That's Colleen. Oh. She's beautiful. She's so cute. So. So anyways, so after anyways, all of that... Shannon, how's your sex life? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. It's making me second think bondage. <laughs> yeah, right? Jesus but, uh, anyways, uh, you know, my sex life Perfect. this week has been a little tough for me emotionally. There has been a lot that's been going on with my um, relationships, with my company, with etc. There's been a lot going on. But, you know, I'm a survivor. If Colleen can fucking handle what she did, every day I'm going to think, be like Colleen. Because she's a fucking badass. She's a badass warrior. So even though things have been kind of shitty this week, I'm okay. What about you, Corey? How is your sex life? My sex life is great. Oh, yeah, I know it's good. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. Corey redownloaded Grinder and Scruff. So if you're in Utah. Grinder and Scruff are redownloaded. If you're in Utah, downloaded, you might come across we Corey. Are, we are on the prowl. If you are in Utah, you will not find oh, me. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait. Actual, actual, like, maybe relative sex life stuff. Okay. We get into just life instead of sex life because y'all don't care about our fucking sex life. Yes, you do. <laughs> Why did you click on this podcast, um, you whores? Well, after San Diego with Black. Black's Beach. That was great. We went to a nude beach. We went to a nude <gasps> Let's beach. Let's talk about that. Oh, we went to a nude beach. And I, then I have the hottest from... Polaroid to be naked. It's so oh, good. yeah. We have fun little Polaroids of all of us naked. It was really fun. And then aside from nude beach, Black's, Black's Beach, which is the nude beach, there's a gay little Mecca. That was fun. We had fun there, needless say. Gay paradise? Gay paradise. <laughs> so you know Corey what happened. Both of our sex lies are great. Yeah. Jordan and I are killing it. Uh, Corey's killing it with those random grinders slash yeah, scruff uh, people. San Diego Pride was awesome. It's awesome to get out of Utah, get to San Diego. I had a lot of sex in San Diego Give Pride. Give us like a year and a half. We'll be out of here. Jordan and I had I love you sex, y'all. That's like the most intense emotional Wait, should sex we edit that? Have. I don't know. I don't care. Does I don't he care? care. Okay, great. Last Jordan, I guess. Yeah, last Jordan. We might edit this entire 10 minutes. This entire podcast is dedicated to consent. <laughs> so if you don't consent, that means no. <laughs> but cooks, cooks champagne, sparkling wine. Fuck you. <laughs> this is sponsored by Consent. This is po- Consent. Like, we're like half joking. We're not even joking. No, we're not. We sound like we're half joking. We're not joking. No, for reals, everyone. Consent is the most important part yeah. of sex. We're in some it weird is. shit, but like consent. The thing is like, yeah, if you don't have consent, you don't have it. Yeah. Move on. And it's crazy that it took millennials to realize that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Corey and I were watching 16 Candles. So my 23rd oh my birthday. Oh my God. Okay. okay so this, this we is are important. not editing this. This is good. So this is fucking important. Listen. I saw a post about something similar to this. But really? Continue. Okay. Yes. So our negative 10 followers that are listening. Yes. Um, Corey and I, last week was my 23rd birthday, July 17th, in case you guys want to send us money for my birthday. <laughs> don't do that. We don't have anything set up. But in case you want to. send us money via mail. Just cash. Just send me a handwritten letter. My address is... Okay, so... um, Last week for my 23rd birthday, Corey and I and all of our friends, we were watching 16 Candles. And I love, I love 80s films. 
80s films, specifically... Um, if you don't love 80s films, go fuck yourself. Specifically, uh, John Hughes films are great. Molly Ringwald, come on. John Hughes, yeah. Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, you name it. I love it. So we watched 16 Candles because it's my birthday, so it's a birthday movie. We None of us realized how rapey, how inappropriate, unbelievably inappropriate that movie is. And we're not like bagging on John Hughes. We're not. This is like all 80s high school teenage films exactly they're like, rapey no exactly because times were so different back then yeah for example a, like it, a direct uh, quote yeah. from 16 candles is he said she's so blit she won't even know who she's you so are. blit she won't even know who you are so take her so yeah, take her yeah. exactly that's the crazy hot it's guy. like oh, oh <laughs> you mean jake ryan jesus goddamn <laughs> jake ryan up. could fuck me right now and i'd be oh totally okay with it my yeah consent. my aunt nancy because also consent. loves jake ryan <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Nancy. I just we're like you. trying to make a point where we're like, "God damn, he's so hot." <laughs> but the thing is, the the thing about Sixteen Candles is it made us realize we are too woke for our favorite movies. No, yeah, because it rape our, consent, our generation is too. Gone. And that like, that movie, the eighties, is just and it's crazy to me how there is like he we literally watched rape like we watched yeah 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 the you tiny freshman fourteen year old boy two supporting male characters rape the woman rape the girl and it's okay because at the end she she says says, i I liked it i had fun yeah so to me like that inspired the entire next generation which is i think she literally says i guess no exactly like it inspired the entire next generation like hey as long as she likes it it's not rape yeah as long as she likes it's okay like it was sad like i mean i guess like um, I guess you could say we're being too sensitive. I don't think so. But at People the same time, it really like... says something as we weren't Wait, even verbally. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is not me licking someone's balls. That is Boos taking a drink. <laughs> this is a thirsty whore. Contrary to popular belief, I'm not licking someone's balls right now. It is Boos. Corey and I are not sucking on balls. That's Boos licking some fucking water. Jesus from Christ. <laughs> is you okay, man? He's a you thirsty okay, hoe. Okay, anyways, going back to Ray. Oh, oh yeah. So, like, the point is that... <laughs> <laughs> Boos is still in the background looking balls. He's drinking water. Oh my God. He's the point is that minutes. none of us during this whole entire movie, for at least the first half, for an hour, were not saying anything to each other. And then finally somebody said somebody said it out loud. And we were like, wow, this movie is ruined because we are so aware of rape culture and the plague that it is. No, exactly. And then everyone was like, oh, fuck, this whole movie, like that has been one of our like classic movies for like the past 10 years of our lives is now ruined. No, exactly. Semi-ruined, basically. No, exactly. Because yeah. it makes you realize like, well, movies like that and not specifically to John Hughes, but like movies in general and media, like back then compared to now, they, people were raised on that. So like there's a whole generation of people that like think, oh, I can have sex with a girl if like as long as she's okay. Yeah. In the morning, it's fine. Ugh. But like, Freshman, yeah, as long as she doesn't freak out. As long as she doesn't freak out like that freshman rape. boy fucked that senior girl, Ugh. and she says, "I liked waking up in your arms." So suddenly it wasn't rape anymore. Yeah, like it was so fucked up. Like that. Yeah, that. Like, and you can tell they had that specific scene to make it okay. No, exactly. You're like, oh my god, that's not okay now because he still raped her. It never has been okay. He raped her. <laughs> Jake Ryan specifically says she's so blitzed she won't remember anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Consent, everyone. Yeah. This podcast got really real. 
Consent. Consent is important. Whether <laughs> we may it's... edit this to be more PA. No, or... right? But just me and Corey drunk talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, even if it's a stranger or a significant other, if you don't have consent, you do not have consent. Yeah. So it's just for us more yeah. than anything. So the yeah. moral of the story is get consent and don't kidnap people and don't become demons, though. And that all being said, and other than Corey and I talking about our sex life, <laughs> anyway, all of our listeners, how is your sex life? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, since you're still listening, you might as well go check out our Instagram, which is anyways, how's your sex life? And that's anyways, A-N-Y-W-A-Y-S-H-O-W-S-Y-O-U-R-S-E-X-L-I-F-E. Um, <laughs> if you didn't get that, go fuck yourself. Just look at the name of the podcast. Um, you can also talk to us on Twitter or Facebook. You can reach us at um, A-H-Y-S-L podcast, or you can go ahead and email us A-H-Y-S-L podcast at gmail.com. Man, fuck the people who chose, like, such a difficult name. I know, right? Those fucking <laughs> bastards. Fuck them. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.